As we enter year three of Jeff Halfley's tenure, we're going to look at two positives and one negative trend in his tenure. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show, we're going to dive into Jeff Halfley's tenure, talk a little bit about some of the trends that we've seen, some positives, some negatives, and look at what we should expect in 2022. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. All right. Now we enter year three of Jeff Halfley's tenure. He is now just one game over 500 at 12 and 11. And, you know, the program hasn't really jumped like many have thought. But, you know, to be fair, there have been, you know, some really weird circumstances for each season. The first year, it was because of COVID-19. You know, there was all that weirdness. And then last year, Phil Dracovic breaks his hand. So... Boston College enters year three with high expectations. They get Dracovic back. They get Zay Flowers back. They get Christian Mahogany, Josh DeBerry. There's a lot of excitement and buzz around the program. But the purpose of this episode is not to look ahead. It is to look back and see where BC's at and the positive things that we've seen grow out of this program and the negatives that we're still a little concerned about. So let's let's kick this off with a little bit of positivity. What are some positive trends that we have seen with BC football? Now, this is tricky because you had a full year with, with Phil Dracovic, or mostly a full year in 2020. You had a kind of up and down year last year where Dracovic comes out, he's hurt. You get Grossell, who's a, you know, the offense falls apart. Then you have Dracovic, who's like at 50%. So, I'm going to say a positive trend is Phil Dracovic in that offense clicking when he is healthy. Now, we've only seen that probably for about 11 games in two years. But you know when he's feeling good that he is going to be able to do things on offense. The deep passes, the ability to run the ball, extend plays, to uh, avoid sacks, and and make those deep throws and, and good throws to Zay Flowers. That has been a trend when he is healthy. Now, those end-of-the-game seasons, series against Florida State and Wake Forest, he was not 100%. And, and Jeff Halfley said in his introductory spring press conference that he said that Djokovic's hand strength was about 50%. Now, what I'm interested in is seeing how this offense this year tailors to Phil Djokovic's strengths. Because... I, you know, there were definitely, credit to Frank Signetti, there were a lot of plays la- in the last couple of years that really showcased how he was able to make, you know, a tight end be wide open or get Zay Flowers way, you know, single coverage on the outside and, and, and let Djokovic hit him. But a lot of it also was Djokovic improvising. Because, you know, coverage would break down and he had to, like, shed off three, uh, three rushers to get the ball away. You know, I'm not sure what we'll see this year. You know, as I said before, there's four new offensive linemen on this on this line coming in this year. And the offensive line last year, you know, struggled. 
They let up a lot of sacks. They, you know, Djokovic was running for his life a lot when he was there. Same with Grossell. Will that change with Dave DeGuglielmo, their offensive line coach, and John McNulty, the offensive coordinator? I think that's worth watching because, you know, it's a trend. I'm saying right now when when Djokovic is healthy, their their offense moves. And that's it's a small trend, honestly, over two years because you haven't seen it for that much. But I think if he's healthy and that offense gets working – that will be a trend to look for. That'll be something that they can build upon because he can throw the ball. Djokovic can can whip that ball all over the place. Now, a negative trend is going to continue to be the play of the offensive line. Now, the offensive line has had their moments, but I think a, a fair assessment of the offensive line has been the underperformance based off of standards. Two seasons in a row, Boston College has come in with pro football focus and the ACC and every single recruiting service telling everyone that they had the best offensive line in the ACC and one of the best in the country. And both years, they didn't do that. Now, they have had moments. They've had individual performances by many of the players that have showcased that. But as a unit, they haven't. And that's what caused Djokovic to run for his life a lot of the times because they may, you know, there were times where they just couldn't stop. Like, perfect example. In 2021, Boston College plays Florida State. They play him at home. And Jermaine Johnson is an excellent defensive end. He is going to be a first round pick, probably a lottery pick, top, top 10, top 15. He, he was dominant. Now, if you have the best offensive line in the country, or one of the best, if that's what you think they are, should you not have been able to slow down Jermaine Johnson? Because I watched that game, and he took over everything. And now, that was just one specific performance. There were games where BC, you know, there were penalties all over the place, you know, with stupid false starts. There were mistakes, mental lapses, you know, blown coverages. They had that. But they also mixed in some really strong performances. I, I'd be amiss to not mention some of the plays of Alec Lindstrom or Zion Johnson or even Christian Mahogany. I think they all had strong games. But as a whole, they underperformed. Will that change next year? And I think that's hard to say. But if you've been following on Twitter, Dave DeGuglielmo is very different than Matt Applebaum. You know, there have been some coaches on this team that love to tweet. Um, Jeff Halfley, I think, tweets quite a bit, but not, not a ton. Dave DeGuglielmo blows them all away. I mean, this guy is on Twitter all the time. And I'm not, I'm not ragging on him because he is selling, selling, selling Boston College. That's all he's doing. He's finding stories about BC, uh, former BC players, like or even like Zion Johnson being at the Combine. And he's using it as a selling promotion for offensive linemen to come to BC. He's got stories, um, I think it was Tom Waddle that he had mentioned, you know, being a big BC guy, selling it to the recruits. So... That piece, he seems very different than Matt Applebaum. Matt Applebaum was on Twitter. You just didn't hear about him. Dave DeGuglielmo is, is tweeting at recruits. He's uh, not at recruits. He's tweeting at at players. He's tweeting at fa- like fans. Man, if you want to talk to him, he say thank you or anything like that to him. He responds. I've seen him respond to a lot of you guys out there. So he's a very different presence there. What he'll be like on the field, I think, is worth watching. And that could change that trend. 
So that's the offense piece. Those are the offensive pieces, the, the negative and the positive trends here. Now, in a moment, we'll talk about the defense and some of the trends that we've seen over the first two years with Jeff Athley, a positive and a negative one. March Madness is only a few weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual? Are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe. Both are really fun, and in their own way. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find on ESPN or CBS. If you got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your own family and friends. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 on your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating this is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. For all of you that liked us on YouTube yesterday, I want to say thank you. We had over 20 new subscribers on YouTube just on Monday alone. And if you're listening to this right now and you're on YouTube, thank you, first of all. But if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, do me a huge favor. Go to YouTube, type in Locked On BC, and hit that subscribe button. It takes you five seconds. It's free, and it does a lot to help our podcast. So do that right now. Hit that pause button. Go to YouTube. Right, now that you've done that, let's talk a little bit about the defensive side of the ball. So, what have been some trends positive that we've seen positively that we've seen with BC? That first trend that has to be the play of the secondary. Now, Boston College came in nationally in 2019 at 120, 122. So 122 out of 130 teams under Steve Adazio. One of the worst pass uh, defenses in the country. In just one year, Jeff Halfley took them up a step. They went up just a bit to 82 in 2020. Again, you see the progress in 2021 when they are third in the country in pass defense. And now a lot of these guys that you saw out there had been there for two years, right? You saw Josh DeBerry, Brandon Sebastian, and Jamin Muse was out there a little bit, Mike Palmer. And they infused some new guys, guys like C.J. Burton and um, Jaden Woodby uh, to, to this pass defense. And I think... The secondary deserves a lot of credit because you saw guys become um, some of the best in the country, right? Josh DeBerry, you know, he's coming back for one more season, and there's going to be a lot of talk about him this year. I'm telling you right now, like, he is going to be the 2023, the third name you're going to talk about when you're talking about NFL draft picks behind Phil Dracovic and Zay Flowers because he's that good. He plays violent. He plays physical. He can get the ball. He's a ball hawk. He's everything an NFL team would want in a cornerback. And Halfley's just building up these guys, right? Because you had you had Sebastian for years. He he continued to play well. Elijah Jones jumps up. He starts to become a really good secondary player. You had C.J. Burton. You got one of the highest-rated recruits in Boston College history at the cornerback position. He's already going to start contributing. And next to him will be Amari Jackson, another guy 
that was a huge recruit. Remember, Boston College kept away Tennessee and a bunch of other big-time schools to get Amari Jackson. He's not a four-star like C.J. Burton, but he's thought of very, very highly. Josh DeBerry just said this week that he thinks he's going to be an impact player day one. So you get Burton, Elijah Jones, Josh DeBerry, and you're not going to skip a beat from when from losing Brandon Sebastian and John as Sean Asbury who transferred. Boston College is building, and that you, you you had to figure this right with Jeff Halfley. That's his bread and butter. These these defensive backs, and he's taking guys that are are highly recruited like Burton and Jackson. But also guys that are under-recruited. Josh DeBerry was not recruited highly at all. But he has worked hard under on under Azar Abdul-Rahim, his positional coach, Tem Lokabu, and Halfley. So credit to Jeff Halfley. He has built one of the best secondaries. Again, he did this at Ohio State. But he, now he's doing it with Boston College athletes. And he's, that is something in a pass-happy league that will get you bigger wins. And so... That is a, a a trend that I think a lot of people should be really happy about, right? You want good pass pass attack. I mean, a pass defense. You want good secondary help, and I think for the third straight year, you're going to get that. That's a trend I am very confident is going to continue. The other trend that I'm pretty confident is going to continue is the di- the difficulty with the pass rush. Boston College has not had a pat like a the pass rusher. In three or four years since Zach Allen left, and Zach Allen really wasn't a huge pass rusher, but I mean he was he was he was disruptive enough to do it. But BC has, you know, you're looking at the defensive line the last couple of years, and the first year Max Roberts, a transfer from Maine, was the leader in sacks, and he was just a he was just a a, a situational player. He wasn't even like out there all that often. Now, last year, I, I mean, I think it was Marcus Valdez was the leader in sacks, but BC's pass rush was 98th in the country last year. That is not a good trend. And thankfully, that you, you, you on one hand, you want to be thankful that you have the secondary that can, can bail that out because um, that prevents big plays from happening. You know, you, you missed out on a lot of explosives on offense because of that. But on the other end, that allows the quarterback to sit back and make shorter passes, get first downs, run with his legs because there's no one to stop him. That's an issue. That is something that BC needs to figure out. And I don't know if there's an answer yet on this team. You know, Marcus Valdez, as I've said on this podcast multiple times, is a good leader. He's a good um, complementary defensive end. But is, is he a game changer? I, I strongly don't believe that yet. I haven't seen that he's a guy that can turn around a game. You got guys on the inside like Chibuzi and Wuka who's coming back. I mean, he can make a sack or two, but is he a game changer? No. And that other defensive end is a big issue. Last year, it was a rotating cast of characters. Brandon Barlow probably was the best of the group, but he, I mean, he should be defensive end three on any team at this point. Shida Salah, I mean, I don't think of him as being all that um, disruptive, and he missed a couple games. So you're, you've got to hope that either Salah takes a step up or one of these younger underclassmen becomes uh, you know, a, a game-changer overnight. The first one that probably jumps off the page is Donovan Azaraku, who got some good 
playing time last year, but I didn't see him as a, a dynamic pass rushing threat, but maybe he changes. Maybe he develops over the offseason. Nito Akpala is, a, is an exciting one to think about, and I'm not sure where he's at in terms of his development on defense because this guy is a defensive end with lightning speed. Um, and if they can get him into being a pass rusher and are and able to do what you all the pieces that go along with being a pass rusher, then I could see Akpala jumping up to be that spot. But that's been a concerning trend. I think that's something that I'm a little worried about heading into year three. The other piece with the defense I'm a little worried about is the play of the linebackers. Um, you know, they have their moments, but they haven't had the the lockdown linebacker that you expect with Boston College. Boston College has made their bones in years, you know, with the Mark Herzlings, Luke Keekleys, Kevin Pierre-Lewis's. I mean, you can go up and down the years. They've always had a good linebacker that can be a, a, a game changer, and they haven't had that. I mean, Cam Arnold is going to be the, the guy this year. He was very raw last year. I know he switched positions, but that's another piece of concern. So those are a couple positives. One positive and a couple negatives. So there's some concerns there with that defense in terms of trends. In our final segment, I'm going to look at special teams and give you my thoughts on some positive trends and some negative ones. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, total player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC for all your odds right there. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. We've had some great football coverage up on bcbulletin.com in the last couple days. Make sure to head on over there to check, check it out. I've had some stuff. Mitch Wolf has had some things up there. Check out all our work. You, I think you're going to really enjoy all of that. So we've been going over. I, I kind of audibled on how I wanted to address this. Apologize. I, I said at the beginning of something, and then I kind of my brain went a million different directions, and I kind of wanted to go in a different direction. So we've been talking about positives and negatives on each unit. Uh, in terms of trends that we've noticed with Jeff Halfley. Now, the special teams is one that I really want to address uh, because obviously the positive is very clear, and that is place kicking. And I think it's so important to look at how improved the place kicking has been. And it's not just one kicker. It's been multiple kickers for, for Jeff Halfley. So the first year, he goes out and he uses Aaron Boomeri, a kicker that, you know, Steve Adazio had the year before uh, and gets him to even improve upon the what he had done the year before that. So Bumeri, as Steve Adazio's kicker, kicked 67% as a field goal kicker. Under, under Jeff Halfley, he kicks 80%. 82% total on the year for uh, both kickers as Danny Longman kicked a pair of field goals as well. So Jeff Halfley's kicking continues to improve there. The next year... Bumeri gets hurt, hips, hurts his hip again, and he's replaced by a true freshman, Connor Lighton, who kicks 11 out of 12. He kicks 92%, and the, the group itself kicks 93%. We are only five years away from 2017 when they were kicking 60%, when they were kicking... Um, six Connor Lichtenberg kicking 63%. So BC's kicking has taken an enormous jump 
since Jeff Halfley took over with Matt Thurin as his uh, special teams coordinator. He needs he needs that credit there because the the kicking has been excellent. And it's going to continue because you got Leighton for three more years. And what a find he was for Jeff Halfley. Great job with recruiting. And that's a positive trend we can get into on another episode where we talk about recruiting is the the ability for Jeff Halfley to find some of these guys at any position. You know, Connor Leighton is is Leighton, one of the best kickers we've seen under Steve, uh, Jeff ha- uh, and under any regime of late. So that is kind of a positive there. And we went a couple negatives on defense. I'm going to give you a couple positives on offense. And the the other positive is punting. Grant Carlson's been the punter for BC since 2018, and his numbers jumped drastically. So he started averaging only 40 yards a punt, and then it jumped all the way up to 44 yards a punt under Jeff Halfley. Now, he's a college punter, and he's he was every sense of the word a college punter because we remember that first half of that season, he was dynamite. And to his credit, he had a couple other big punts later in the season that were great too. But he had some real doozies. And not the type that you see in the NFL. But for the for the most part, he was pretty solid as a punter. And again, you go back to when Mike Knoll was there. And Mike Knoll, I know, follows us, so I hope he doesn't get mad at me. Averaged only 39, 39.99 yards a punt. Under 40 yards for two straight seasons. For BC to jump up to 44 yards, that's a big difference. So credit to the punting. I think punting was a big one. Now, some of the negatives, I, I would say, I, this is a stupid one, and I know BC fans have been dry, it drove them crazy, but I think it's fair. Is BC kicking the ball out of bounds over and over again for the last two seasons? This is a trend. I don't know what the heck was going on with that, but they've had a major issue kicking the ball inbounds on place kicks. It's a stupid mistake, but it happened for two straight years, so it's a trend. That is a negative. But I'm going to leave it at that as a ticky-tack little special teams issue. I think that's it. I think that's all I'm going to get into there. Now, on yesterday's show, I said we're going to have some themes, and so tomorrow's episode will be our recruiting wrap-up Wednesday. I'm going to get into a topic. I want to talk a little bit about how much stars really matter in BC football recruiting. I'm going to get into some offers that have gone out, where Boston College is sitting with a few recruits and get you all the information on BC football that you really want to know about in terms of recruiting. On Friday, we're going to do mailbag. So I know this has been a popular segment. Some of you out there really like to talk about the mailbag, uh, get some questions in. Hit me up on Twitter at LockedOnBC. I'll start I'll start reaching out on social media asking for questions, but feel free to start it up. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, get your question in right away. I'd be happy to look at it. If it's something we can bring up on the, on the show, I'll try to answer it. So thank you for all of you who will be part of that. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBC. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Uh, tomorrow's show, we're going to preview a little bit about the Miami-Syracuse game. We're going to talk about the second BC football practice, and we will get into recruiting. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.